0: Log Talk Radio. <laughs> Everybody's
1: got a price. Everybody's
0: going to pay. <laughs> hey everybody,
1: it's Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man, and you're listening to the Wrestle Talk Podcast.
0: out in the night out, you're tuning in to wrestling talk 657-383-1521, we'll be discussing WWE, NXT, Ucha Underground, ROH, Fantasy Wrestling, and we'll have some of the best damn interviews for professional and independent wrestling that you've ever heard. And I'm Joe Lance, ladies and gentlemen, buckle your seatbelts. Keep your arms in the vehicle at all times. Wrestle talk begins in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Enjoy the ride.
2: What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the Wrestle Talk Podcast. I am the maestro, Jeremy Karp. We have an amazing show for you tonight. Let me tell you something, though. It is 11 degrees here in St. Louis. I mean, it felt like negative 17 earlier today, and that is no exaggeration. But everything's okay because guess what? As cold as it is out there, in here, things are just going to heat up. I mean, we have Hall of Famers tonight. Like, this is awesome. We got Cowboy Bob Orton. We got Rough Cut Rick Ruby. I am excited. But then again... I can't do this by myself. I mean, what goes a show if it's just one host? And I'm thankful to have this guy back, even if other hosts wouldn't be. Ladies and gentlemen, it is a great pleasure of mine to welcome back The Voice of Midwest Wrestling, The Voice of St. Louis Wrestling, The Voice of Dynamo Pro Wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, the thoroughbred of lust, Drake Lee you <laughs> Thank you. That part wasn't me. Uh,
3: You know what? Save it, okay? I just got over an extreme battle of laryngitis. I think, can I have a couple of minutes of your time, please?
2: Go right ahead, Drake. Go right ahead.
3: Okay. Well, you know, first of all, I really appreciated that introduction besides the fact that there's a couple of things that you're missing out on. One is, I mean, let's be honest, you were a little, a little hesitant on my abilities to pro- to proclaim them to the world, if you understand what I'm saying. I mean, you didn't mention the fact that I'm America's fashion plate. I'm the chairman of Hustle. I wrestled through laryngitis, okay? I'm the gangster of gab. That's what Renee Martinez calls me. I mean, you didn't do any of this, and that's okay. But the one thing I am glad about is that you were calling me, like everyone, the proprietor of the city on the hill. That is a fact and Absolute fact, but jeremy how are you doing today because i'm getting better my voice sucked last week i heard fans were a little disappointed and... uh yeah
2: about that um i missed you at least
3: <laughs> what was that what the hell was that
2: did you hear that um yeah I did. He he I, I, how do I word it? Parker Haas missed you the most. He definitely missed you the most.
0: Oh my God.
2: Okay,
3: I miss all of you guys. We'll get it out of the way. That just made me sick, and I want to throw up that I, fact that I said that. Let's come on, let's get past the world. We're talking wrestling here on the best wrestling podcast in the world. That's a fact. It's true. I mean they tell me it oh absolutely all the time do you know it, it, I was thinking the other day Jeremy I was thinking I am somebody that everyone wishes they could be uh, but let's be honest everyone else is just a little bit more than average at best you know I mean I'm just glad to I'm glad to be back to help bestow my excellence onto the, on the listeners and, and yourself you know I mean this is great did you also also did you get this how great of a of a handling I have with a leather belt I mean did you see that where you seeing that? I, I mean, come on, Magnifico did. didn't know what hit him last week. It was great, and no, he, he did a chance. Next Saturday, Jeremy, yeah. I am going to have so much fun. It's it, it's going to be scary because everyone at IWAP and around the around the world really. I mean, I'm getting messages from Australia. They say nasty things. They insult the one percent. They call me a name that's not even my own. And the fact that I get to beat senseless with a leather strap, a man that these people love—I mean, it's going to be beautiful. And the fact of the matter is, Jeremy, it's going to be their fault, not Magnifico's. He and I have a beef, but this was this was exaggerated. This was this was enhanced by the fans. And it's time for them to it learn. Was. So, would you like to make a prediction about next Saturday?
2: I think Magnifico. He's in for a real rough time.
3: He is, but we have a great show lined up. We have the one and only Cowboy Bob Orton. And by the way, I just rewatched the main event of WrestleMania One, and that crowd was hotter than a friggin' pistol.
2: I was watching him uh, teaming with Don Morocco WrestleMania Three, and I watched him face off against uh, Hot Rod Rowdy Roddy Piper at Saturday Night Main Event back in 1986. So glad we're all getting the. Uh, Bob Orton, ben John, because I'm excited for that.
3: I feel like that was kind of sarcastic. I feel like you're kind of jabbing at me.
2: I How th- am I jabbing at you?
3: I don't know. It just kind of seemed condescending the way you just put that. You know, I miss you, and this is the thanks I get. Kind of, you know. I don't know. I, I feel like you there's a tension. Don't worry. Okay, good. All right. What are we talking about now?
2: Well. We got to get, since the formalities are out of the way, I do got to mention that I got to remind all of our wonderful listeners out there that if you want to join us on the Russell Talk Podcast, we got so many topics to talk about. We have wonderful guests tonight. Be sure to call in at 657 383 1521. That is 657 383 1521. And don't forget to find us on www.wrestletalkpodcast.com. Find us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. And we also have to thank our lovely sponsors, which is Everything Combat with Jay Hollywood and UFC Hall of Famer Pat Miletic, Royal Mills Transportation, eSports Bar, Kansas City, King Keg, Painter's Dream Productions, and, of course, your very own Interstate 70 Sports Media. And now it is time for everybody to please rise. I had to say the best for last. I just had to. Fair enough. I did. And now, everybody, please rise and remove your caps as we pay homage to the best country in the world. And that's America, damn it. Oh!
0: for oh, the land of the free
2: music to my ears
3: that's All that's all you're going to say music to your ears
2: well i was waiting to hear what uh banter you had in return drake what you got
3: what? No, no. I mean, I mean, don't don't let me hold you back. I mean, you were ready to go. You know. I mean, I'm gone for a week. I have a nasty case of laryngitis, and you know, I didn't want to stop you, but I just wanted to talk about something really quick, and that's John Cosper's go new book, it. No Gimmicks Needed. Have you seen that or read it yet?
2: Yeah, I, I was seeing it, and I heard a lot of good things about it, and I'm looking forward to purchasing it. Yeah, actually, Skywalker Roberts, he uh,
3: he sent me a blurb of it. I got to read a little bit of it. I'm buying the full thing now. EatSleepRussell.com. This is, it's going to be a great book. John Cosper has, has phenomenal books. I'm actually finishing up one right now on, uh, on the Louisville territories. And it's just, it's phenomenal. So, I mean, that's what I kind of wanted to go off my chest. I mean, you know how I feel about Carl Lewis. I think it's great. They said, I sing the national anthem better than Houston. And it's still not on, but just fine. Um, I guess, but you know, it is what it is, you know. And you know, Jeremy. Yeah. I was watching. I'm, I have Amazon Prime. Okay. And of course okay. I do. I have like I have every streaming service like known to man. But I'm watching Prime because I'm bored. And yes, even a rich, successful guy that works 24/7 gets a little bored sometimes. It was three in the morning, so I, I'm just getting up and I'm watching and I'm trying to find something. And the Lady Rustler is on by Chris Burnia. It, it it's just or Bernay. And it's just, it was great. It was phenomenal. So if you get a chance to check that out too. How about that? Could you do that for me?
2: Of course, I would be sure to just for you, Dre.
3: Hey, thank you, Jeremy. And you know, I mean, you're going to get a lot out of it too. a lot of people. It, it's really, it's a really good documentary. So if you get a chance to check it out, guys, check it out. That's Lady Wrestler by Chris Bernay on Amazon prime video. It was really good.
2: Sounds like a plan. All right. Well, oh, well, that was was really enthusiastic. Okay. All right. What do you want me to say, Drake? I want to check them both out.
3: That was kind of like you know someone's giving you like a, a story on their life, and you go, "Wow, that's crazy." You know, I mean, I do it all the time to Chris Rodell, but I thought we were friends.
2: We are friends, Drake. I promise. Okay. Thank you. All right. Right. Well, Drake, what do you say that we uh heading to our high spots? What do you think about that?
3: Oh, well, I'm just here for the duration. Don't let me slow you down, like I said before, you know. I mean, I'm already seeing nasty comments about me, so I think you have something to do with that.
2: Yeah, the thing of it is those comments are there even when you're not here, so I don't know what they have against you, honestly.
3: Well, I want to see what those comments have to say about high spots because I got some stuff to talk about. I know you do.
2: So why don't we get to it? All right, let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for High
4: Spot. My check, mic check. Yeah.
1: All right, all right. WrestleSol Podcast.
4: DJ Money. Yeah. Let's go. Welcome to High Spots, where we pop news like flare shots, we talk shop, coming through the screens of a laptop, and non-stop, like a runner's speech to the black dot. we hit hard like cash shots and backdrops, like a clock flash, feel like a belly flop, now that's hard, we up to speed while they stay slow, Wrestle talk Podcast, now they know, we about to start the show,
0: uh.
2: I love the new high spots intro how about that it, All it, right. it's a banger it's a banger it, it's it bringing heat it, it is and honestly knowing the weather we have drake we'll take whatever we can to get the heat
3: <laughs> well you know what i have a heated driveway i have heated floors i have heated everything i have a sauna so i sit back i get in my hot tub i watch the snow fall and i just think you know 99% of americans would love to have this life right now. But there, there's there's a reason that they call us the 1%. But let's get on to high spots because you and I talked about something, and I'm, I don't mean to hijack this from you, but we talked about something a couple weeks ago. And it was about the status of Ric Flair's pimp game. And oh,
2: my gosh. Yep, we did. We're,
3: <laughs> we're cooking. We're cooking with peanut oil now, you know? So now <laughs> are we going to see like <laughs> – What are we going to get out of this? That's what I want to – I don't know. So I just got to say this really quick for anyone listening. I applaud Ric Flair, okay? And here's why. This man has beaten death at least four times. Is the most recognizable in my opinion – and a lot of people, I think, no argument really – In mainstream media, there's no other most recognizable face of professional wrestling besides Ric Flair, and I will put you to exhibits A, B, and C in pop culture, look at any type of music video or any type of, look at anything in the last 10 years. I mean, he's still building. But he's doing this, and there's a potential here, possibility, that Ric Flair is going to be a dad shortly. Is this true? Or is this something completely different? What are we getting out of it? What, what's going to happen here? I feel like we're either going to get Lacey Evans being a little bit like Lana a year ago. I don't know. I want to hear it from the Mice. The, I want to hear from you. I want to hear it from you.
2: This is just, when I saw this last night on Raw, I was at a loss for words. And yet, at the same time, I wasn't surprised. Um, Yeah, so Lacey Evans refused – she was involved in a tag team match with Peyton Royce against Charlotte Flair and Asuka. We all know what's going on with Charlotte Flair and Lacey Evans and, you know, Ric Flair, you know, sticking around. (laughs) And the thing of it is, when Charlotte yelled at her to get into the ring, Lacey Evans revealed the reason she wouldn't get physical is that, well, she's pregnant, and you see this so much in wrestling, like on shows, like Maria Canales just had the same type of thing go on about a couple of years ago with Mike Bennett. And it's, I don't know, this is going to get weird. I feel like, because she also called she Mike Bennett a very pregnant. mean name. She's legitimately pregnant. And the thing of it is though, Ric Flair started strutting around and t- telling people to call him daddy and everything. And I'm like, what's going on here? Like, what are we going to get out of this? Because obviously she was supposed to face Asuka at Elimination Chamber for the Raw Women's title. That's going to probably get scrapped. I mean, because she can't get physical. She's pregnant. And I'm just thinking, what is WWE going to do? I really, like, this, because when things like this happen, it just changes the entire game plan of a storyline. Um, well, yeah, and obviously, not I want to hear. Uh-huh.
3: I want to hear it from you, real quick, Jeremy. I want to hear you applaud Ric Flair if this is the way they're going, because at I mean, he's obviously still limousine riding and jet flying. I mean, obviously, and there's a lot of people that have called him daddy over the years. But to keep going at this age is impressive.
2: Oh, absolutely. I, you know, that's the thing. Like, in this, in regards to like the storyline, how Charlotte's trying to tell him to stay away. I'm sorry. For Ric Flair, and like you had mentioned, you know, Ric Flair has faced death in the face, beaten it, and multiple times, you know, he was in a coma for a while as well, not too long ago, and for him to overcome so many different health issues, you know, with everything he's endured in his life and his career, for him to still be out there loving, doing what he's doing, I, you know, big applause to him, big props to him. It's awesome to see. Um, yeah. Being the reason Lacey Evans is pregnant Is something though that's weird to wrap your head around
3: <laughs> Hey I mean let's just be honest A lot of these things turn out very well Have you seen how the hand from Mae Young's doing? I mean he's got a great job I was job. thinking this way <laughs>
2: yeah. I, and I really hope we don't have to witness Like a hand popping out of Lacey Evans On a segment on Raw one week Why not? It'd be fun uh,
3: But you know I mean there's there's a lot going on I mean, this has been a busy, busy month and a half, really, of wrestling news. I mean, a lot of stuff's been going on. Um, you know, I saw Jeremy, though. They had a little blurb, but it didn't. I don't know if someone uh, hindered the the boosting of it, but they had a blurb on, on one of the uh, platforms that they use that, that I had laryngitis, and not a lot of people picked up on it, but I am okay. I have had, you know, people calling. But what do you got for us? I mean, I'm, I'm taking up a lot of this, I know.
2: No, it's okay, Drake. So this is one that we've also talked about before. And, you know, and Renee and I talked about it last week, and it's only been getting worse. So remember a while back we were talking about WWE and their restrictions of talent using social media accounts? Well, what happens is now they're clamping down even further on their talent using the social media to make money. And this is according to Wrestling Inc., So this is what's going on, Dre. The company will first issue a warning, followed by a fine, and then suspension for repeated violations of their rules. Now, the report notes, naming any third-party businesses, a person, brand, or even, now get this, even a charity qualifies as a violation that could land the talent in hot water. And I'm thinking to myself, so if a wrestler wants to promote the Make-A-Wish Foundation or something for kidney disease awareness. I mean, all of a sudden, that puts them in hot water. I mean, come on. Now, remember, folks, last year. Yeah, but remember last year, and that's true in that regard, because here's the thing. In 2020, so last year, talent had to stop using their Twitch and Cameo accounts. They basically had to sign the rights to themselves over to WWE. Um, And this led to some major heat on Selena Vega, because she had opened up an OnlyFans account. She was later released, and a lot of people now are speculating that Alistair Black, who is her husband in real life, is taking kind of the brunt of the punishment because he hasn't been used on TV since that whole incident happened. So, yeah, I want to know – what are your real thoughts on this, Drake, about the whole situation of them clamping down are even you, further on the social media restrictions?
3: Are you insinuating for one second that my thoughts aren't always 100% legitimate, my real thoughts? That's a little That's a that's another jab. That's two in 20 22 minutes. Jeremy, I thought we we're playing a joke. It's not nice a jab, today. if we're I'm, I'm trying to
2: I'm trying to show the audience I want them to understand that everything that does come from you is true. The honest to God truth, nothing of any opposite sorts. That's why I want your real thoughts from the one and only Drake Lee. Okay, I, I, I appreciate
3: that.
0: Fucking
3: Quick hands back there. Anyway, so... Here's my thing. Okay, John Cena, I was watching this video from Howard Stern a while ago about how Vince owns John Cena's name. And John Cena made the argument, I think I've made this argument a couple of times, that without the WWE there wouldn't be a John Cena, so he doesn't mind it. But on that same token, if the party involved, I'll use legal terms, already has these systems going, no matter what type of channel of distribution they have, because there's there's quite a few, if they already have them going, I think that there needs to be a clause that that's a grandfathered clause, and that's why there shouldn't be punishment or repercussion of any nature. But with that being said, with that being said, the talent need to start getting a better understanding on how this stuff works, because I'm watching this from completely unbiased perspective going, well, this is kind of something that WWE's always done. Now they're kind of evolving it as technology and media distribution channels evolve. And that's fine. But there's also got to be an understanding a lot better understanding in my uh you know on my level here with, with the talent. I don't think they understand a lot of what's going on because let's be honest, ninety nine percent of the people that, that read those contracts, including the people in WWE, they, they probably don't know what they mean. So I mean there's gotta be a lot more transparency on in that regard. But we've also got to realize that the WWE is the reason that nine tenths of the roster, maybe even higher have gotten the following that they've had. So there's my take.
2: Okay. Well, I'm very, I really do. I, I see your point on that one, Drake, because, you know, to work for WWE is such a prestigious honor in the wrestling industry. And, you know, despite all the criticisms that the company gets, a lot of it deservedly so, some of it not, you know, people still want to work for them. With any company, whether it be in the wrestling industry, a sports team, or, you know, a job in the real world. There are those rules and guidelines. So, yeah, it's like it's frustrating. From my point of view, I see it both ways because I can understand the talent's frustration because it's something, if you've been a long-tenured talent on the roster, it's something that's been adding up over a period of time. It's like you work there for ten years, and all of a sudden, rule after rule keeps on coming into play. But at the same time, you know, it is a business, and they're trying to protect their business. You know, the man, good old Vinny Mac is just trying to prevent, yeah,
3: keep his investment
2: safe. That's the best way to put it. Real quick,
3: really quickly, can we just get? I don't know if we can do this or not. I don't know if you have it in you. I think you just agreed with me. I think you tried to find a way not to completely agree with me, which is fine. But I think you did.
2: I did. I honestly did.
3: Gimme something, hardcore Haas. Come on. Give
2: it to him, Haas.
3: Thank you. That's going to be on the highlight reel for this next 2021 uh, review show. That was phenomenal. I was about to say, the I best
2: just, for sure.
3: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, Jeremy, I mean, there's just, a, you're right. So, I mean, give and take, six to one, half a dozen the other, you know, that's why there's a lot of options for wrestling companies now. And If you want to go work for somebody else, there's a lot of different ways. You can still make a lot of money doing whatever, whatever Avenue with what we have available now. So, you know, I think, I think we hit it right on the head.
2: Absolutely. Now I got one last high spot topic, if you care to join me on this one.
0: No. So
2: this one is interesting because, as you know, AEW, Impact Wrestling, and New Japan Pro Wrestling have kind of broken down what is considered the forbidden door, and they are cross promoting within each other. You see, uh, you know, wrestlers from Impact on New Japan on AEW, and Dynamite. I mean, it's just all three brands are off each other, all three companies. Cody recently came out. Cody Rhodes recently came out in an interview and said that it's not impossible and it's, it's something he would be up for if one day they had a crossover with AEW and WWE. It's not something that he believes is out of the question. Now, looking from the WWE's point of view, do you ever see the point where either Vince McMahon or Triple H, whoever would be in charge, would cross-promote with arguably their biggest rivals, at least in the North American market?
3: Yeah, so, I mean, it's a good idea. I mean, business is business, and if it benefits, you know, the parties involved, then do it. That's just the common goal, you know, on the common ground, and – uh, ideology of, of making a business deal. But so here's my thing. If I was – put my little metaphorical hat on here. If it was me because I'm an asshole, I would use this opportunity saying, yeah, okay, you want to work together? Great. You bring those guys in. You show them the major li- – because let's be honest. I mean, AEW is is right there. But there's some production things and some things that WWE has uh, done and still continues to do from, you know, a comfortability setting, you know, they have the perks lined up is what I'm getting at with talent. Show them, show them the beautiful, you know, locker room, show them, you know, all the stuff that maybe AEW doesn't have yet. that They're really trying to, to achieve. And then maybe you pull, you know, a little bit of a grasses greener on this side thing. And it makes it more interesting as time goes on, but there's money to me to be made in that. I mean, that's the, the end of the day, that's what people want is money. So you can do it. Tread lightly. I, I would I would say it's a great thing. I would say it's a great thing if if everyone can agree to to everything.
2: I agree. As long as uh, both sides are willing to work with each other, I don't see a problem in it.
3: Yep, absolutely. And, and you know, I, I actually agree with with the listener here with with Mr. Wall here. You're you're absolutely. Right. I think you're absolutely right about that. I think, I think uh, you know, only a, a couple more years tell if that comes into fruition. So with that being said, Jeremy. Anything else you would like to add or you want me to add because I know that you value my input now that you agree with me?
2: I would love – I value your input, so if you have anything else to add, I would love to hear it, Drake.
3: Nope. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. That's why I was asking you. Awesome,
2: because we have our very special first guest on the line, and I am so excited for this one, Drake. Hall of Fame row, like the past few weeks, we have been interviewing Hall of Famers like crazy, and I am so hyped right now. Like, this is awesome. I know you're excited. I know you're more mellow in excitement, but I know you're still very excited nonetheless.
3: Absolutely.
2: All right. Absolutely. Well, let me want me to br- introduce them, or do you want to take the honors?
3: I was giving it to you. Do you want me to do it?
2: I- I'll do it. If you're giving it to me, Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, our first guest tonight, he is a Midwest Independent Wrestling Hall of Fame inductee from the class of 2020. He has spent over 47 years competing inside the squared circle. He was trained by his father. He he is a second-generation superstar. He is a multi-time Hall of Famer. He is one of the most legendary wrestlers in wrestling history. We have a lot to talk about. Ladies and gentlemen, it is our pleasure for the Rest Talk podcast to welcome Cowboy Bob Orton. Mr. how you doing this evening? We're good. How are you? How are you how are thank you? you very much. I'm okay. That's a, it's a great pleasure having you on.
5: Well, thank you much.
2: So, Thank you, Mr. I, Mr. I gotta Mr. It's been
5: phenomenal.
2: <laughs> i got to kick off by asking you, so you are a second-generation superstar, a legend among legends, and <laughs> you, when you debuted... You were actually working alongside your father, the late great Bob Wharton Senior. Now yeah, my flash first forward couple,
5: matches were dead.
2: And that's awesome. And while the, and this is the thing, not a lot of second generation, not a lot of wrestlers can wrestle with multiple generations as far as like teaming with your father or with your son. You had the honor of doing that with both. Because later on in your career <laughs> You also teamed up with your son. Tell us how it felt to be teaming with your father and with your son throughout your career.
5: Well, naturally, it felt great. You know, I, I got uh, nothing but uh, respect for my dad. It was an honor to be in the ring with him. And uh, one of the greatest of all time he was. And and being in the ring with Randy, you know, I, what can you say? You know, a dad and his son got us great.
2: Oh, I bet. And... What was it like, you know, in 2005 you got your call into the WWE Hall of Fame? What was it like getting that call?
5: Well, it's a great honor to be in there, you know, with those guys, Andre and and Hogan and and you know all the guys that are in there, Dad, I guess is probably in there and and uh, San Martino, all the greats. And it's just an honor to be in there with those fellas.
2: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And you know, and for those who don't know, this is right around WrestleMania 21 weekend, and you were inducted by your son. And it was just around the time yeah. they actually re- revamped the WWE Hall of Fame because it was inactive for many years. So, yeah, that's absolutely awesome. And congrats to you on that.
5: Oh, um, right, thank you very much. So,
2: it's my pleasure. So you spent many of the years in the 80s in the world, back then it was in the World Wrestling Federation, and you had a match in 1985 with uh, Superfly Jimmy Snuka where you injured your forearm. Now, a lot of people, you know, one of the greatest, you know, legends in the industry as far as about the cast that you had on the forearm. Now, the reality (laughs) of it is it took about a year and a half to heal, didn't it?
5: Oh, uh, It took a long time. Hell, it still bothered.
2: Still bothering you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can imagine, you know, you're going out there and, you know, because you're, you, it is a legit injury and you're still, ha- even though the cast is on it, you know, people thinking it's just a work, but the reality is you did have a legit forearm injury and you're having to wrestle constantly throughout the year with it, you know, gives it no time to heal.
5: I'll tell you what, it was a real struggle, but you know, somehow I made it through.
2: Yeah, well, I and mean, I'm really glad you did. Um, <laughs> take me through what it was like, and my co-host, Drake, was actually watching this match earlier. Take me through what it was like being part of the main event of WrestleMania 1.
5: Oh, uh, it, it uh, was great. You know, the biggest thing that's ever happened in my career, but But uh, just being there, I'm sure all the guys that uh, that was on that card, you know, feel the same way. It was was the greatest thing in the world. You know, everyone was worried, is it going to go, is it not? And boom, it went so big that that they're still doing Wrestlemania. So So it was a real honor to be there.
2: And that's awesome. And I believe you teamed with Don uh, Don Morocco at Wrestlemania 3, and that was as far as the stage goes. That was even bigger because you're at the Pontiac Silverdome with over yeah. 93,000 fans.
5: Right, right. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was great. <laughs> you uh, you really felt small, you know, with all them people. <laughs> 90,000 plus. Gee, my netly. But, oh, yeah. uh, I... you know, great experiences. No doubt about that.
2: Take me through, if you may, uh, take me through your friendship with the late great Rowdy Roddy Piper, because I know you guys not only teamed up a lot, but you also, of course, faced off against each other a lot through your long careers.
5: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Roddy was a great guy and a friend. You know, you don't have a whole lot of friends, uh, probably in any business, but especially the wrestling business. But but Roddy was a friend. Uh, Don Rocco was, I would say, was another friend of mine. And Ron Powers and and, you know, other than that, you know, everybody's uh, <laughs> uh, competing, you know, with each other. So, not much time for for friendship. Yeah, that is true. Um, but, you it's, know, a it's a busy industry and in a lot of
2: people. Huh? Oh, I was just saying, it is a busy industry and a lot of people come and go in it.
5: Oh, yeah, yeah, and the travel, you know, it's amazing. Every day you're going somewhere. You know, now it's not quite so bad, but. But back in those days we'd be on the road sometimes 90, 100 days in a row and you might get two or three days off and boom, he's right back at it so, you know, things have changed uh, I kind of know it's better now than than it was then as far as, you know, for the guys uh, health, you know, and well-being but at the same time you know, it was a great a great experience and uh, what Vince did was was really unbelievable, you know. At, at that time, it was either hit or miss, and and uh, uh, he hit the long ball.
2: Yeah, and over you know forty seven years of your career, you had you wrestled with some of the greats. You feuded with some of the greats: Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, who we talked about earlier, uh, Tito Santana, Roddy Piper, but. Is there one is there any person in particular you didn't really get to have a feud with that you wanted to, but it just nothing ever really materialized out of it?
5: Oh gosh, I I really wouldn't know. You know, back then anybody you was with was good, so so I enjoyed <laughs> it with everybody. I just don't know if anybody uh if we missed or not, you know, some of them guys. But there were a lot of great wrestlers back in my day. From top to bottom. Oh. And everybody was was <laughs> very good.
2: You know, we flash forward. You know, I mentioned uh, how big of a part you were on, you know, your son Randy's career in WWE. You know, he came out of that great wrestling class with like John Cena, Sheldon Benjamin, Dave Batista. And he's obviously, your son's going to definitely go down as one of the greats as well. Do you still yes, tune in yeah. every week and see the work that he does on Raw?
5: Yeah, yeah, I watch Randy pretty much every week. You know, every week that I can. And uh, well, That's great. And, uh, he's just, yeah, he's, he's something else, man. He's really good. I don't think I there's think anyone close know, to him these days.
2: Yeah, I think one of the things I, I know a lot of my friends who are big wrestling fans as well, but especially myself enjoy about him is, that he's very uh, psychological in the ring as far as his mannerisms, his promo work. Do you teach him a lot about that? <laughs> or did he just learn naturally that,
5: as he went? That's just natural. Uh, you've either got it or you don't. He's got it, you know, big time. But uh, I think, you know, being around me and my dad, you know, when he was younger. And, you know, that stuff rubs off. So he's just uh, – he's taking everything to another level.
2: Absolutely. And, well, personally for me, it has been a great honor talking to you so far. But I know my co-host, Drake, has a lot of questions in his own regard he wants (laughs) to ask you. So, Drake, you take it over, my friend.
3: (laughs) Are, are, Are you sure? I didn't want you to keep muting my
2: microphone. Still, all my I still half of my questions. I'm having a blast, but I know you have a lot to say yourself, so go right ahead.
3: <laughs> well, I do, and and Mr. Orton, thank you for the entertainment that you've been, you know, and matches and and work that you've given me to you've given me so much to learn, just by watching your you know your work in the ring, and it's, it's phenomenal. But real quick, this could either put my foot in my mouth early, Jeremy, or not, so we'll see how it goes. And. Last year, there was a show in St. Peter's called uh, Fighting for Autism. And your son, Nathan, was there to be the special guest ring announcer. Right. And I have, I have the privilege of helping him prepare alongside um, Luke Roberts for that night. And I just I don't know if I need to apologize for not doing well. I don't know if, <laughs> if, if there's anything said. So I, I just wanna, wanted to throw that out there really quickly.
5: Well, cool. You did a good job with him. I thought he did a good job. He does uh, uh, stand-up comedy now. He's up in uh, uh, New York City doing the clubs up there.
3: He's hilarious. He's been up I've, there I've about a year him.
5: now. Oh, I've he watched is. him.
3: He's, he's hilarious. He's, he's
5: good. Yeah. Yes, he is.
3: And, and Mr. Yeah. Orton, one of the things that I took away from Re- the main event of WrestleMania 1 that I'd watched a couple hours ago was the fan involvement. And what I mean by that is, you kind of, from what I see now to what I've I've I, I've watched in the, from the past, is a lot more fans are, are rowdy. The atmosphere is kind of different. Did <laughs> could you notice throughout the years that atmosphere kind of changing? And did you, how could you evolve that with with the way the kind of the 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 personality of the audience kind of shifted?
5: Yeah, yeah. There's been been a lot of times where I've had. To... Uh, lay down in the back seat of a car When they leave the arena Just so uh, the folks don't know I'm in there But uh, At the same time it makes you feel good You know when you have that much heat It uh <laughs> Like you say, It really makes you feel good But but yeah yeah you know That's what we did I just learned to live with it But, but there's a lot of places that I had trouble Getting in and out of Of course uh uh, nowadays, I think they've kind of settled down a little bit, but it's still <laughs> rangers right. out there. You got to watch yourself.
3: Oh, absolutely, and that's what, that's kind of my biggest takeaway because I watched a couple of uh, segments from from whenever you were with Randy, and I watched the documentary that they put on the network, and it was phenomenal. Um, and that's that's Thank kind you. of what I was getting to because you're you're right. I mean, you hear the horror stories of you know people getting trying to get stabbed and you know fans attacking and. How did you handle that on a nightly basis? Was this just the idea of this is war? If someone gets me, you're going down? Or what's your first go-to mechanism? Is it finding just to locate where you can get out if if it gets too crazy with the fans, if they just clear the stand? I'm I'm curious, because you had more heat than than anyone. You know, talk about whenever you went, you know, and you took the bounty up, and, and it just what was the what was the ideology? Whenever you go into an arena, just to make sure that you know if something goes wrong, I'm going to be able to do this and this until point B happens. What what happens in that process?
5: Well, I, I would always get to the arenas late, so everybody would already be inside. And uh, uh, when it was time to to leave, the promoters who who cared would uh, would uh, usually put us on. Uh, right after the intermission somewhere. That way we could get in, you know, take a shower and get out of there before the the show was over. But uh, there's been a lot of times I've had to go on last. And uh, you just got to wait them out. You know, one one time Roddy and I had to, I think it was Baltimore, and they got a big ramp that, that, uh, uh, you park downstairs. They got this great big ramp. You go up. And we didn't see anybody up at the top of the ramp. So so we figured, you no, know, they'd put us on last. So so we figured, well, heck, we can get out of here. <laughs> as soon as we hit the top of that ramp and they closed the door behind us, uh, they were all out in the street. Gosh, almighty boy, kicking the car and beating the car. I, I finally took off down the sidewalk and, it was like the the uh, cops, what the hell they call them, the uh, it's Keystone Cops. People were just diving out of the way. It's, you oh, know, wow. It gets so bad that, uh, you know, back in those days, it's not like that anymore. I think, I think the uh, uh, security is probably a lot better now than it was then. So I don't think the guys have that much... Much problem like Roddy and I used to have, but but yeah, we had to to fight our way out of a lot of rings. But you know, that's that's uh, kind of part of the business. You know, just I lived with it. That's just you know what I expected. If I didn't get him that land, then I did something wrong. Right
3: absolutely that's that's interesting and it just you had to get i think it's interesting that they had they put matches after right after intermission of workout a kind of a timing detail That's that's pretty incredible and this is something that i wanted to touch base on primarily a little bit more just because this is kind of a, a growing trend that that is getting put into mainstream media a little bit more with with publicity and that's just a lot of you know, legends of the business of starting wrestling schools. And you have one that you're working with SICW on called the ACE Wrestling Academy and in, in East uh Cardinlet, Illinois. How does that, how does that process start for you? What was the, the moment you just said, you know what, I'm going to do this. And, uh, and have, have you seen anyone yet that you, you really, you really take, you know, big hope in the next generation of wrestlers, or are you still trying to find that one?
5: Yeah, there's a couple of guys that, that, um, uh... Looking good, you know. Since this uh, uh, virus and everything hit, we've we've been out probably since last March. But there, you know, there's a few guys over there that were uh, really looking good. Uh, uh, Herb Simmons is is the one who has the uh, place over there. Ron Powers helps me out over there sometimes. Uh, I a Searcher, you know, her, uh, he helps me out sometimes. But but yeah, we had a few guys that were looking good. And I'll be glad when we can get back in there, the Ace Wrestling Academy. And I'll be glad when we can get back in there and and uh, uh, get some guys started.
3: Absolutely. And this is this is a little bit of a question I had from somebody that uh, is a he's in the media where I where I'm from locally, and he just wanted me to ask you if you had any
5: stories of Alton, Illinois. Alton, Illinois. He said that he he said, I used to bounce over there at one of them clubs. And uh, he no said no no never didn't have out. any problems. <laughs> he said you threw him
3: out one day. He he had to he had to have <laughs> me ask you that.
5: He said it was the well, quickest
3: he's ever been manhandled.
5: Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm sure he's being nice. <laughs> but no, I I never had any problems over there. Everybody was was a lot of fun to be around really. You know, it was fun uh, I was a little bit older to to be around them young fellas again. You know, watching them go back and forth. But but I enjoyed it. It was fun. That's
3: great. And and my one of my biggest questions too is you were in you were in so many huge high profile events, matches. Is there one in you know, people always go, Well WrestleMania, WrestleMania, you you know, like you said, no one knew if this was gonna be, you know, the the winner take all that like, that it was or if it was going to be you know nothing. Was there yeah, ever a yeah, time and yeah, and and was there ever a, a, a show that you remember that you thought you know this is this is the mecca, you know whether you know not including Mania, did you ever see that show that really had the potential to to compete with WrestleMania or was it just kind of never the same as as because you hear so many wrestlers they'll go you know there's nothing bigger than WrestleMania and then you get a couple of guys that go well Starcade was huge, but what
5: yeah yeah Starcade was huge. I think I was on the the first Starcade, I was on the first WrestleMania, and there's something else I forget. I was on the first one of those shows too, but it was something that went nationwide. But but no, it was just great to be on all those shows. And uh, Starcade was was a hell of a show, but but WrestleMania, you know, if I had a rather, it, I'd rather be at WrestleMania than anywhere else. That's for darn sure, because it's just great.
3: That's phenomenal, and that, and to me, that's what's so incredible about the the career that you've had. Because you're, it's it's very rare to see someone have just such a, a well crafted career. You know, you see spikes and you see periods of time when when someone's popular. But you had a, I mean, just your whole career was was really woven. It, it was great to watch, and I watch it. So yeah, I was pretty
5: lucky. I was pretty lucky. You know, it's uh, that's all, and and of course, it helps be good.
3: Right, and, and sir, if I could, one last question I ha- uh, I have for you is regarding a little bit of what I watched on on the network with this documentary, and that's could you take me backstage with the Undertaker? Because we all know the huge feud that with that Randy had, and you were a part of. Was there anything that that went through your mind that just said, you know what, this, this caps off a, you know, a a great career. I'm so, or what, was it a different mindset of I'm ready to be back again? Or was it, let's just look back and have and enjoy this. What was the the mindset going into that?
5: I was just happy to be there. It was really fun to be a part of what was going on.
3: It it provided me some of the most entertaining nights I've had when I was growing up. I'm not going to lie. I, uh, I I, appreciate that. Oh, no, thank you. And, and, you know, before I throw it back to Jeremy, because, Mr. Orton, my phone's buzzed 47 times probably since he, he <laughs> muted himself, which it's okay. But here's one last question for you, and this is something that I always wanted to ask someone, but no one's ever really been in, the, in that situation really to know. And could you take me through, because you've been around the most high-profile promoters in history. How is Vince McMahon's mindset different did you think to take WWE to where it is now? How was his mindset different to, you know, a Jim Herd or or, you know, heck anyone else really? I mean, what what was the mindset? What was the personality trait that was different than you saw in other promoters that you could see Vince's um, you know, trajectory, you know, taking off?
5: Well, his dad was um uh, uh, the promoter of the whole northeast and so Vince had been around that all his life, and uh, as a matter of fact, he used to do the interviews, you know, he was the guy who did the interviews with you uh, back when I first started up there back in the early 80s, and uh, he had a dream of going nationwide, and uh, when the time was right, that's what he did, and, you know, we were all involved, and, we were just hoping because there' come a time where if it doesn't do do really good, you know we didn't know what was going to happen, and that particular show seems like it was probably WrestleMania One, and uh, uh, when we did that show, you know it did so well that, that from there things just skyrocketed. But, but there was a time back there, you know. Romans kind of worried, you know. Are we going to do it or are we not? And, and we did. Hell yeah, so. you did. Yeah, <laughs> so
3: hell yeah, you did. It, well, thank you yeah. for that. And, and and Jeremy, if you if you want, please, you know, interject at any time. I just, I'm sorry, I'm t- I kind of hijacked the show a little bit, Jeremy. But I think you <laughs> can forgive me later.
2: No, no you, this was. A blast listening to, honestly, Drake. You did an amazing job, but obviously, when don't you? Wow.
3: I, I need to get some scissors to cut your lips off, but I appreciate that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, Mr. Orton, I got to ask you, um, we actually have a caller on the line, and he, if it's okay with you, he has a question for you. Sure. Okay, well, WrestleTalk fans, welcome on. Aaron Wallace, how you doing this evening, Aaron?
5: Now, I can't hear her if, if she's asking a question. I can't hear it. Now, we're,
2: putting, we're trying to get Aaron on.
5: Jeremy,
3: this is why I should do things.
2: Oh, my gosh. I was informed,
3: Drake. I'm just saying. It's okay. It it's it's okay. But I have another question while we're waiting now that I think of it. Mr. Orton, what is the first thing that you want your trainees to get out of their heads before they walk in your doors? Um, you know, at Dynamo in Saint Louis there's you know, everyone has different philosophies and teaching methods. What's the what's the one thing that you just you stress right off the bat to your to your prospective trainees?
5: Keep your mouth shut and your ears open. I love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the only way you're going to learn. But uh, but that's the way I do it, you know. As long as they listen and everything, and, and we'll get along just fine. If someone's got an yeah, idea, yeah. I've, I've got no problem listening to it. But but you know, it's it's something you got to learn. You got to be sharp. You know to get in there and do these things without somebody getting hurt
3: yeah no no kidding and it's just it's just really it's it's not just it's just really cool to hear that you know the same ideology and the same mindset that you're getting that i'm getting trained and that you know it's just from somebody that's done it time and time again and and is in every hall of fame that there probably is it's it's really it's really neat to hear that but jeremy are you ready finally or or do
2: i have to keep going i can't all night we got everything on on my end, we are all set. On Hoss's end, we're all set. So, ladies and gentlemen, Aaron Wallace is on. Aaron, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing just fine. Now, uh, all right. Most people it. don't know this. <laughs> most people don't know
3: this, but uh, Cowboy Bob Orton was in the American Wrestling Federation. Is that right?
5: American Championship Wrestling.
3: Uh, the American Wrestling
5: Federation. Warriors of American Wrestling? American Wrestling Federation. AWF. Seems like I remember, was that the one uh, Herb Abrams was the the head guy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure, sure, I remember that. I remember Herb. But, uh, you know, he gave her a shot. You know, we all tried real hard, but... It, by the time he started, uh, WWE was so strong, and and at the same time, uh, Atlanta started uh, uh, really doing well. So, so the timing probably wasn't right on that. But you know, we give her the old college try.
3: Without a doubt, Herb well, Abrams. I actually just watched that Dark Side of the Ring.
5: Uh-huh. Oh, I did
2: too not too <laughs> long
5: ago. It's uh, yeah, they do. Yeah. Mike does
2: a great job with those documentaries. Yes.
5: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Herb was a card, and no doubt about that. <laughs> I work for another Herb. Uh, let's see, Simmons over in uh, Let Illinois. Every once in a while, when things get started back up, I'm sure we'll be doing some shows over there again.
0: Herb is a so, legend.
5: Uh, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's one of the greatest guys that that I've met, you know, and worked for.
3: Without a doubt. We had him on he, we have him on from time to time and and the I I call him the encyclopedia of wrestling. I really do. Boy, well, he is, isn't <laughs> he? <laughs> um,
0: Tony Cosby. Oh you my
5: god, absolutely. Uh, you guys talk to Tony too.
0: <laughs> yep.
5: Yeah, yeah, those guys are are sharp. They've been around a long time. They know their busy You know, they know what they're doing.
3: That's for darn sure. And and you know, Jeremy, here's my question for you. And, and this is I'm going right. to throw it to you, Jeremy. And I'm going to, what you were talking about um, the matches that you were watching today, and I for and you said something about WrestleMania three, and. I was going to – did you know something else? My dad was there, Jeremy. That was the question I'm going to ask you. And, Mr. Orton, my dad has said Ew. for years the main event wasn't – Hogan, he loved watching Andre getting slammed, but he lo- the match you had was phenomenal. And watching, you know, just the fact that it almost seems like you had a connection with the fans that you could feel when to do a certain thing. It, you could see it, where you could see the, the fan anticipation building you going and doing something. It was just – it's just phenomenal. Is that something that some a wrestler, is that something they're just born with, that, that ability to read a, a crowd, or is that something you I, can teach?
5: I think I was, was born with it, especially uh, my dad was one of the best uh, psychological wrestlers, I think, ever. And I got to watch him from the time I was just a little kid. So I think subconsciously, that's just what I did you know, just from watching him all those years. You know, it's like like it does rub off, you know, if you're paying attention.
3: And, and you know, real quick before I, I give it back to Jeremy, my dad is a – I played soccer my entire life, and my dad was a soccer coach. He still is and wins all these awards. But he always would coach me or tell me something I did wrong. Is that something that uh, translates to your sport, to wrestling as well? Is, was that – were those car rides that, you know, if you got out of a match and you go – Hey, you could have, you should have done this, or you know, you could have grabbed his leg differently, or hooked him differently. What was there ever any type of teaching moments that you got, you know, in the car rides that, or with your dad that you, you know, that only
5: a son could get? Yeah, yeah, and then uh, uh, I wasn't afraid to ask questions when I was was first starting the court. I had my dad, and and I had Eddie Grand, Jack Briscoe some of the greatest you know ever wow. and I got to ride with these guys all the time and I'm sure they hated it because I'd ask them you know we had a five hour trip mm-hmm. I asked them a hundred questions so but uh, but I wanted to know what I was doing out there but that was real important to me to, to do a good job so dad would be proud you know Absolutely. and then of course you and then of course you start doing things out there and you feel comfortable mm-hmm. and and the arenas are packed and shoot you just go wild, you know. <laughs> yeah.
3: Absolutely. I I, yeah. I that's awesome. That to me that's just that's really cool. If anyone yeah. that gets to experience that with, especially a family member, that, that has to be something that you can't forget.
5: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
3: For sure. Well, Jeremy, don't let me hold you back. I know you keep messaging me. This is the fourth one I've gotten <laughs> in a minute. What was you, what was so <laughs> dire?
2: It's actually just the second. But anyway, so I got to ask you, Mister Orton. What I mean, it's just of your career. You've won numerous titles and accolades. Is there any one of them? Or any multiple ones that really stood out to you? I mean, of course, you won the NWA Florida Tag Team Title three times, once with your father. Um, but kind of us through. I mean, is there any one of them that really stuck out to you most over your career?
5: Oh gosh, I I don't know. I guess the Florida <laughs> Heavyweight Championship because I started in Florida and I grew up mostly in Florida. So so Florida uh, wrestling was. With uh, uh, Gordon Soley and and, uh, and Eddie Graham, that was uh, I, uh, I, I like the Yankees to me, you know, especially at that time. So when I hit it off big in Florida, that's uh, uh, that's when I knew I really made it, you know. But uh, God, I loved the Florida, you know, working in Florida when I first started. It was just great. Then I went to Atlanta for, for maybe half a year. Then I went back to Florida and stayed there. Heck, I don't know, four years, I guess. I had a really long run in Florida, which which was uh, just great. You know, I loved it down there so much. But, you know, time goes on. You look back at that stuff, and, and shit. I'm surprised I'm still alive. I mean...
2: Well, we're obviously very glad you are, and I know you put in a lot of time, brunt of injuries, so much. You've laid on the line. You know, we at the Wrestle Talk podcast have nothing but utmost respect and admiration for the wrestlers that come onto the show and the ones that even aren't on the show but that put their lives on the line because, you know, pro wrestling can get a bad rap, but in reality – the injuries, the physical toll, and even the mental toll it takes on one's body, it is 100% real. And, you know, especially for the career you've had for as long as your career's been, you know, is is just one of a kind. So, thank you.
5: I appreciate that. Uh, You guys do know about the ACW, don't you? American Championship Wrestling, which is is around here. I guess they'll get uh, started back up when... Uh, when the virus clears up and stuff, but you know uh, there's some pretty good local wrestlers around here. Searcher, Ron Powers, and them guys. So you know Tony Costa, of course, and Herb Herb. Uh, uh, let's see Simmons over in Illinois. And so <laughs> so the uh, there's a little bit of wrestling around. You know that's that's still good, and some of the guys around here are pretty darn good, pretty salty.
3: Is, is American yeah. Champion? Is that the one that uh, Herb I see Herb on all the time, or not all the time? But a, 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 uh, is he a um, a commissioner?
5: I'm trying to. I see to Searcher. It. I think is ACW. Is okay. Searcher?
3: Yeah. And uh, okay. Herb absolutely. is
5: uh, Southern Illinois Championship Wrestling.
3: Two top-notch organizations. You're absolutely yeah. right about yeah. that. Yeah,
5: yeah, They're.
3: A lot of it's doubt. great
5: working for him. You know, they're really good. Good with the guys and and uh, the crowd really seems to enjoy the matches. It would be nice to get started back up again. Hell, I'm I'm darn near old enough to retire, but i I still got a couple more matches left in me. <laughs> but they better get back started quick. <laughs> I'll be there front say, row. Yeah, was,
2: uh, this pandemic needs <laughs> to let up. I mean, it's taking a toll on everybody in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, um, boy, and uh,
5: yeah. you, you see every week, the wrestling industry, especially. Yeah. 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 It's tough. I don't know how them fellas play ball with nobody in the stands and stuff. That's gotta be tough. You know, when they used to sixty seventy thousand 70,000 people and you go out there and there's, there's 200 and you know, it's tough. Right. Uh,
2: I know, uh, I know World League Wrestling out in Troy, you know, the late Harley Race's promotion. They're sure. having a show upcoming, and oh, good when that. I was last in contact with them, they had sold about a third or so of their tickets. I'm good. But it's only open, limited capacity.
5: Right. All right. But anyway, things will get back to normal here, probably. It'll probably be after the summer, but but things will come back around.
2: Yeah, it will. Um, yeah. But I I do have one more question for you, kind of one more story. You know, we talked about all around <laughs> the world where you've wrestled, <laughs> and it's yeah. it's just it's a great journey to see everywhere you've basically traveled and wrestled. Um, there was about a two year period where you wrestled in New Japan with your brother Barry. What was that like
5: being in new Japan pro wrestling? Oh, she was great. All the guys over there are really good and and I love japan uh the food over there is just <laughs> just great and uh but uh uh heck, i don't know four or five years, all I did is go to Japan five six times a year and that's that's all the work I did, which you know it's just a great a great uh at the end of your career, it's a, it's a great way to go out. You still get to work a little bit, and you know, taper off and slowly ease yourself out. You know, and that was that was good.
2: Well, that's awesome, Drake. Do you have anything else you'd like to add?
3: No, I I I've really appreciated this, Mister Orton, I, from the bottom of my heart. Yeah, this has been a great this, pleasure, this,
2: honestly. Oh.
3: Thank you for asking me if I had anything to add then talk over me. I, I really appreciate <laughs> there that. Goes.
0: There you
3: go. <laughs> but Mr. Orton, seriously, thank you. Um, just everything from you know producing new re- up and coming wrestlers and and developing their skills to to what you've done in your tenured career was just absolutely phenomenal. So thank you, sir. I really appreciate it. And yeah, it's been it's a blast having you been on. Pretty good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I,
3: I'd say so. Well, thank you so much, Mr. Orton, for having uh, for taking the time to to speak with us today. And and I know that our our viewers enjoy it. And if we can one day, we look forward to having you back on the show. And uh, hopefully see you at, at some wrestling shows coming up whenever this gets all cleared up.
5: Sounds good. Amen to that. All right, Mr. Orton. Have a wonderful night. Okay, it's been a pleasure talking to you guys. I'll talk to you later. Bye bye. Thank you, Mr. It's been a pleasure Orson.
2: having you on. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. That was Cowboy Bob Orton, the legendary Cowboy Bob Orton, here on the Wrestle Talk podcast. Wow, Drake, that was amazing. That was an amazing time.
3: I'd say so. I got a lot out of it. That was interesting. I've I always wanted to to hear how uh, how a promoter, if someone got had if someone had massive heat, how how they worked around getting them in and out of a out of an arena because we know that that got you know that got deadly back then and, and you know still potentially can today and and just to hear you know the the stories that was it, it's one of those you know you're gonna remember that one for a while and I, I definitely will.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And like you know, when you talk about that, you look at you know watching wrestling events now and you see how much security's kind of been upped or it's really been upped over the years. But back then, I mean, you almost had to have your own wits to get out of those arenas if you really had some heat against you. So that and just hearing how much he traveled around the world you know, with various promotions, and I think what I love most from the whole interview was just the stories that he got to work with so many of his family members. He worked with his father, he worked with his brother, he worked with his son. I mean, wrestling is in the Orton family's blood, and it's it's just amazing to hear all the stories he has to share that he's been a part of so many legendary feuds, matches, pay-per-view events. I had an absolute blast.
3: Well, I, I did too. And, and, you know, before we, we changed gears, it was, it was pretty, I just want to point out something real quick, Jeremy, and you've probably seen this under times. Whenever he, whenever that cast hits Orndorff and the freaking place just shoots, the roof blew off. I mean, just, I mean that's just it was just an awesome match to watch and just I mean I'll never see anything like that again because I I, re, I watched it a couple of times but to actually really pay attention and and get some psychology out of it just to see what what was happening it was it was phenomenal to see just Orton gets up and you know of course the heels you know they're. They're beating the shit out of Hogan, and they no one sees, and then all of a sudden Orndorff gets turned around because of the commo It was just phenomenal. It's what happens when you're a bad guy, and it should happen, you know. I mean, think about this. This is why people yell at you because I'm the nice guy, and, you know, it, it, it happens. I mean, look what happens to Renee. You know, you see, you know, nice guys always prosper in the end.
2: You know, I really got to hand it to you for that sly remark. You just went a few uh, – before the interview, you call yourself an asshole, and now you say you're the nice guy. Yeah, well played, but, Drake. Well played.
3: Well, hold on. I got a question. Why does it say we're having trouble playing our live feed, Jeremy? I was looking at – you had a great, great face. I love the beard, by the way. I really like that. Thank
2: you. And, you know, I do appreciate that.
3: Now, now we're having trouble.
2: I don't know. I couldn't tell you on that one, but – Show's still going on and we still have a lot to talk about and we got yet another Hall of Famer tonight. And I know I'm just as excited about this one as I was with Cowboy Bob Orton. Me, Are you as you well. ready for and, you it? Know,
3: real real quick though, I wanted to do something because you know there's some things we gotta take care of because I'm I'm absolutely ready for this next interview. And we're we're crunching for time, but I did want to highlight really quick to uh, top off the hour here at eight o'clock. That is everything combat with Jay Hollywood and UFC Hall of Famer Pat Pat Milicic, along with Royal Mills Transportation, eSports Bar in Kansas City, Kincaid Painters Dream Productions, and of course i70 Sports Media as our sponsors. Phenomenal companies i70 Sports Media. I don't know they seem a little biased towards Drake Lee. That's okay, but you know. Jeremy, you
2: do a great job. I appreciate that, Drake. And we're, we're fans of Drake Lee at I-70 Sports Media. I love it. Hey, well, you know me, what, Jeremy? I'm re- uh,
0: excuse yes. me. Yes. I uh, really? happen
4: to have someone who wanted to come on and just say a few words here real quick. I know I don't normally break in and uh, and tell you this, but he's a good friend of hey, the, the uh, show. So, hey, can so I ask I you a question I'd, real quick? Well, since you can talk now, I guess so.
3: Thank you. I have, my throat's getting a little scratchy already. But I just wanted to point out that I, I appreciated that This Is Awesome chant, and you're doing a phenomenal job, because I know Jeremy doesn't take the time to, to tell you that. So thank you for all the hard work I tell work him personally.
2: Do. I don't need to kiss up live no, like yes. you do. Oh, Jesus.
3: Well, I, I appreciate it.
4: But uh, real quick, I'm going to bring him on here on the line. Uh, good friend of the uh, Russell Talk family and everything, Mr. Herb Simmons has a few words he'd like to say for us. So, uh... oh, awesome! Are you hey, oh, Herb. Hey.
6: hey, guys. I appreciate uh, just a few moments. Uh, I, I heard you had the cowboy on tonight, and what a great guy! And I just want to tell you guys, we're doing it uh, a great job in keeping the uh, wrestling business alive. And what better way to have on a couple of agents like you got on your show tonight? And, uh, you know, Bob Orton's dad was on the very first show of wrestling at the Chase in May of 1959. And for the, him to carry on that uh, legacy, and then with Randy, uh, who had his first match at uh, South Broadway Athletic Club, uh, I think it's kudos to you guys reaching out to get somebody of his uh, talent on there. So keep up the good work.
2: Thank Absolutely. you so much. Sir. I did that. Not know that, that, to, that means so much.
3: I you didn't know that about show. Cowboy Bob Wharton's dad. Thank you, Mister. Yeah, I didn't either. That's
6: great. Yeah, first card, 1959. In fact, if you want to know who he took on and who won, I got all those records.
3: <laughs> I gotta, I gotta get a hold of that information. That, that's phenomenal.
2: Yeah. Well, well okay, remember guys, when so the a, pandemic's uh, over, the yeah. three of us are getting together. I'm, I'm still holding her to that from that interview a while back. I, 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 I I've got it
6: marked down, and that's uh, a date. Uh, like I said, uh, we'll uh, sit and have a. <laughs> Have a uh, brewski or whatever you guys uh, want to drink, and then uh, we'll relive some of those old days from back in the day. But what you guys no, are doing, I mean, that. all the all the guys, is, you know, all the guys that are doing those podcasts is, are doing nothing but keeping the tradition alive that we all have the passion for. And you guys are right there doing it. You and uh, uh, Rick Ruby, all those guys that's got those podcasts. Uh, I, I think you guys are all doing a great job.
3: Well, thank you, Mr. Simmons. It means a lot, and I, I hope you enjoy your evening. Stay safe, of course, and, and, and brace for, I guess, another couple inches of snow.
2: Yeah, well, uh, it's going to be a cold one for us, guys.
3: Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll
6: get through it. we got to get back into a squared circle. That's what it is. Absolutely, yeah, Mr. Right. Simmons.
2: See, thank take you care. so Bye-bye. much. Have a good night, Herb. That was awesome. Take care, buddy. Okay.
3: What a surprise. That oh, was a I great think surprise. They just keep getting
2: better tonight. Wow. Well,
3: and and you know what I think is awesome? We got Herb Simmons to call in, plus we got a really interesting tidbit. I did not know that about about Bob Wharton Sr. I had no idea.
2: Man, that'd be kind of cool to have kn- I wish I had known that before the the interview with uh, Cowboy Bob. Like, that is really something. And I, and I think, if anything, I mean, during the interview, he was talking about how Herb Simmons is known as like a wrestling encyclopedia he literally just said he not only knows offhand that that is who the first, like Bob Wharton Sr. wrestled on the first card, but he knows who he faced against, who won, he has the whole match card. That's a true testament to the knowledgeable man that Herb Simmons is.
3: Sorry, without a doubt, I got. So, so, it, I think John, or I don't know. I think it's you. Someone just hit my mute button. I'm not going to say it was me because, quite frankly, I don't. I don't. Have responsibility for things, but yeah, no, that was just phenomenal. Herb Simmons is just a wealth of knowledge. What he's done in this industry and in, in, in the sport is just it's remarkable. It's impeccable.
2: Absolutely, and we here at the Russell Talk Podcast have a. Big surprise for announcement for you, and we are going to throw it to our very own Hardcore Hoss, who has the special announcement. We do. All right.
4: Thank you there, Jeremy. It's been a wonderful show, you guys, and uh, you're doing a really good job here. But uh, I'll go ahead and let you guys have a little short break here. And normally, instead of, uh, normally we play some music here, but instead of some music, I got some breaking news for you guys. Of the Wrestle Talk family. So uh, let's get into it here. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, as I said, we have some breaking news here. The Night Owl was hoping to be here to present it for you, but unfortunately, he's tied up on other WrestleTalk business and couldn't make it, so I have the privilege and the honor of this announcement. The Talk podcast, as you know, strives to bring its listeners the best programs possible each and every week. At the beginning of the year, we talked about the NCAA basketball tournament, and our discussion turned to... Could the Wrestle Talk Podcast have a fantasy tournament related to professional wrestling? After a great deal of discussion, we put together a selection committee to help us with our situation. Wrestle Talk Podcast Wrestling Madness Selection Committee which consisted of Gary, Gary Weiss, a longtime St. Louis pro wrestling fan. Brandmeier, longtime St. Louis pro wrestling fan and historian, Dr. Drew Abeness, the voice of SICW, and you'll have to forgive me if I uh, if I butcher any of these names. I, I do apologize for that. Luke Skywalker Roberts, media relations director of Dynamo Pro Wrestling, the rough cut Rick Ruby, who is actually on hold for the second hour interview. Pro Wrestler 2020 Midwest Independent Hall of Famer, Tim Miller, longtime professional wrestling personality, and Jeff Manning of WCWC. After several discussions, the committee made the recommendation to have our fantasy professional wrestling tournament be based on wrestling madness. The Best Wrestler of the 1980s. About a week ago, after multiple discussions from the selection committee, the field of 64 professional wrestlers was broken into four groups. The National Wrestling Alliance, the American Wrestling Association, the World Wrestling Federation, and other major promotions are the four groups that we broke it down into. Starting tonight, we will announcing the field through the social media. We would like to hear from the listeners of the Russell Talk podcast as we announce the brackets. All of the first and second round matchups will be posted on social media. Two first round brackets will be posted later tonight and the other two first round brackets will be posted at the conclusion of next week's program. The second round matchups will be posted on March 2nd and the third round quarterfinal, semifinals, and finals will be discussed live on the Wrestle Madness episode on Tuesday, March 16th. We here at the Wrestle Talk Podcast want to thank you again to the Wrestle Talk Podcast Selection Committee. And please check us out on social media at www.wrestletalkpodcast.com for more information on this exciting news. So, be sure to check it out, and uh, we look forward to how everything plays out. So, that is the exciting news that we have.
5: Y'all, what up? Night Out,
3: Nightmare Jones. What up, Rest of Talk, fam? Do it for y'all.
4: Check me out. Kicking the door, wave in the
5: 4-4. Even them haters can't hate us no more. So unlock your door, cause we got some more. Every Wednesday we're here, keeping it raw. Night out, nightmare jokes, and all the best jets. Like a double barrel pointed right at your chest. WrestleTalksPodcast.com. Smashing and killing it like the night at the prom.
4: All right, Jeremy and Drake, thank you very much for tossing it over to me for that very exciting announcement. I know you guys will be looking forward to the Wrestle Madness tournament, and uh, I know I am as well. So I'm going to go ahead and throw it back to you guys here for your second interview, and I know he is on the line and ready to go, and I know you guys are excited. So go ahead and take I it just away. Told- yeah, that
2: announcement got me so hyped up. It made some of the background fall down. That's how hyped it is for the Wrestle Madness tournament. <laughs>
3: Yep, I thought that that's phenomenal. I just hope I'm in the bracket. But I am ready, Jeremy, because this is gonna be a fun tournament to see who has chosen number one. But right now, without further ado, are you ready for part two of tonight's show? We have a great interview lined up with Rough Cut Rick Ruby, who I just met recently at WPW. He's a great guy. He's a phenomenal wrestler. I'm ready for this. Are you ready
2: for this? I am as well. Why don't you do the honors of introducing me? Well, now me?
3: that you say so, I will. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the Wrestle Talk Podcast, member of the 2020 class of the Midwest Independent Wrestling Hall of Fame, a 24-year career competing inside the squared circle, traveling throughout Midwestern U.S. Let's be honest, folks. He has won more titles than he can count, over 20. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, rough cut rick ruby welcome to the show rick Good tell me, how show. you doing? Oh, doing. Good
1: how are you doing, man? I'm doing awesome. I'll tell you what. Uh, tell you what. I, I would be doing a lot much better if I wasn't in the freaking Arctic. It seems like here in the Midwest, but apparently we're dealing. We're all dealing with it, and I'm tired of the snow already. <laughs> no kidding.
3: I mean, thank goodness we are in Texas right now.
1: Oh my God. Well, it's not as bad here, but I'll tell you what. If uh, where I'm at. Where my house sits here, um, I'm actually, my driveway is on an incline, and I literally have watched about eight or ten cars try to go up my hill to, uh, up the hill today, and half of them stopped at my driveway, and I was wondering if they were going to back into my vehicle. So talk about an exciting day, and hopefully someone can get, can get down here with some salt trucks and uh, get this stuff melted, man, because I'm tired of kind of clenching on to things that I'm tired of clenching on to,
3: making sure there's no damage to my cars. I'll try to make a couple of calls. <laughs> we'll get it done. Yeah. We'll get it done. Well, you know what? I feel bad for the person that hit your car because you know, I've seen your you in the ring and you know, you take care of business. <laughs> so hopefully, you know oh, oh, they don't get too
1: rowdy if yeah, they hit your well, car. Yeah. Well let me let me just say, nobody hit my car, thank God. I'm just saying thank that I'm just tired of watching people sliding hoping that they you know, none of them hit my car, but I'm just like, you know, it it puts me on edge. So <laughs> Oh
3: I bet. I bet. You know, Jeremy puts me on edge too, but that's okay. And you know, Rick, in all seriousness, I you know, it was it was a real pleasure meeting you the last uh last week over at WPW and just to talk to you for a couple of minutes. So I'm really looking forward to this tonight. I know Jeremy is so without further ado, Jeremy, I think it's only fitting that I, I p- toss it over to you for a little bit since I got to introduce Rick. And Rick, congratulations on everything you've done. Just to look through the notes and, and to see your accomplishments that we're going to talk about is just incredible. And and uh and thank you for being a part of the show tonight.
1: Oh man, it's my pleasure. Glad to be part of it, man, and uh looking forward to everything that you guys got to uh uh ask me and um ready for it.
3: Awesome. Jeremy, take it
2: from here. All righty, thank you so much, Drake. So Rick, I have to ask. First off, congratulations on being a member of the 2020 class of the Midwest Independent Wrestling Hall of Fame. Um, that is an awesome honor. So congratulations to you, first of all. I Thank you. have to ask you. You're very welcome. So I got to ask you, you've spent over 24 years competing inside the professional wrestling ring. What, what wrestlers did you admire growing up that got you into the professional wrestling business?
1: Well, um, well, I didn't really get started wrestling, uh, getting into wrestling until like the, the beginning of 1984. And that was the, when I started ru- watching wrestling for the first time, my very first match I actually wrestled, that I watched was, uh, I- infamous Madison square garden match between Hulk Hogan and the iron Sheik, and Hulk Hogan beating the iron Sheik in five and a half minutes. And, uh, basically I mean, when I heard, when I heard the Madison square garden, just go wild and um, and saw what the character Hulk Hogan was, I was like, Oh my gosh, I you know, I kinda of found a calling right then and there and I never stopped watching wrestling uh ever since I saw that. So uh that ba- basically got me started was was being the, the dawn of Hulkamania. And that's all the way back then.
2: I was gonna say I think uh the eighties professional wrestling boom is probably uh pretty good place to start when it comes to getting into the wrestling business, you know, had a low period, but then it really started taking off with Hulkamania.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Most certainly did. And, um, you know, like I said, that was just one territory and that I just got hooked on with, uh, with, you know, with Titan or world wrestling federation back in the day. And, uh, and trust me, um, I did, I was not really too, uh, you know, too bad I missed the, the, the dawns of the days around here locally or with Chase, and I'm sure we'll probably get into that later. But then I, you know, grown up to watching all the NWA territories and including world class. And you talk about a, talk about a kid who didn't care about cartoons. All he wanted to watch was wrestling, and that's basically what I
2: did. <laughs> I mean, I don't blame you there. I think for me it was. It was about 15, no, not 15, it was a lot younger than that. I was about nine when I first started watching professional wrestling. I remember I was with my friend Evan, who is actually listening to the show right now, and we were watching SmackDown, and it was Eddie Guerrero's last match. Um, It was on a Friday night, but of course, you know, he passed away before that. But, you know, you get to those certain points, you see those certain big wrestlers, you know, larger than life, and you just get hooked
1: yeah absolutely and uh and trust me i uh you know, I grew up watching it through school and uh you know and trust me, I wasn't really the most uh uh I didn't really get the most admirable looks from other classmates when all I wanted to talk about was wrestling. they all chuckled at me, but you know it's whatever <laughs> you know, I didn't care, I was still gonna do what <laughs> right. I wanted to do
2: exactly and who were, who was instrumental in helping you get into the wrestling business like after you start training and getting involved in it more
1: well one um one fact i will uh, let everybody know about this is uh we know how the the business is and as far as how um you know how intense it is and how people want to keep things a secret well let me just tell you this that I Everything was kept a secret to me until the day I actually got into the wrestling business. Um, it was back in April of 96. Uh, there was a local promotion. I came to a local bar, tavern, whatever, because I just turned 21 like about a few weeks before. And they were having uh, wrestling on Monday nights. And at the time, uh, I, I was like, you know, I have, I actually got my girlfriend to go with me. And then I just got involved and it was like, man, this is just so awesome. And I and I've been to independent shows before, but it was just something, you know, that gotten that I got involved in. Um, and it was actually after the show when I was basically told the secret uh, of that, and I still didn't care. I still wanted to be part of it, but people getting me the people instrumental getting me into the business was uh, Marcus Mansfield, uh, Pretty Boy Floyd. Um, and that was the first who introduced me and they actually had a training center right next door to this bar. And so I was trained by Frankie D mostly the son of the South, uh, who is still wrestling off you know, who's still wrestling over 30 years experience. Uh, he really taught me my basics. Some were Johnny D and some were Johnny jet and the drill instructor. And those four guys are, 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 are class acts all around. Um, Pushing me to my limits, and um, yeah, and like I said, it it was great um, with my with my training regimen because I was even uh, bumping on styrofoam mats that were laid out on my backyard. So I was taking back bumps without no giving throughout my school days. So I was ready. And when I took my when I took when I took my first bump in the ring, I was like, oh my gosh! I mean, this was like heaven. So I was ready for it. <laughs>
2: Well, that's awesome. I mean, glad you had some preparation, but that says something because uh, a wrestling ring isn't exactly the most pleasant place to land on your back <laughs> Uh
1: It it certainly is no trampoline,
2: my friend. No, <laughs> no. Um, and I got now I got one more question to you, and then I'm gonna hand it over to my good friend Drake because I know he is very eager. And just so you know, don't lie I to him. We aren't friends. You know what? I was just going to say I didn't mute him, but now I'm almost tempted to. Okay. Don't mind him. Anyway, (laughs) Rick, if it's okay, you're known for your strong technical grappling style. What made you, Mm -hmm. I guess I should say, develop that type of style. You know, every wrestler has their type of style and technique that they use in the ring, whether it be physical or psychological or a mixture of both. And what made this one fit you perfectly?
1: Well, I think it's kind of a you know when I first got into business, of course, I was smaller, and of course a lot of the a lot of the guys could tell you they were smaller whenever they got into business but um I wanted to cut down not as much of the aerial. I wanted to focus more of old school, I wanted to focus more on grappling technical uh you know as far as uh, power you know power holds power moves uh stuff off the ropes. And I just wanted to ground myself as an all-around skilled wrestler, another than the, than the guy who just leap off the rope. Um, wow. And of course, when I gained a little bit more weight uh, as the years went by, I used my size to my advantage and still had the the the, the skill set that I had. And um, and I usually work with like, even guys that are lighter than me. You know, I basically know what to look for and um, it, what. And what moves they do and strike against me and everything else, and uh, and it, it just seemed more if I ground myself more, it seems to me that it would exhaust me less, other than having to run the ropes constantly and fly off uh, the turnbuckles or or wherever else off the apron, whatever the case may be. So grounding myself a little bit more kind of kind of helps me with you know kind of kind of with the longer leg longevity in the in the match um, in any in any matches that I that I'm in. So you know, and if you keep your base, you keep your ground. It's going to be tough for anybody to, uh, um, you know, to kind of push you around. So that's all, and That's why you always you're always going to maintain. You know, you're your, you know you know stay at ground, and then go from there.
2: Very interesting. Yeah, I mean, you all. Every promotion does have their mixtures of wrestlers that have the high flyers, and then you got the down to the mat grapplers. So it's good to have that good balance and it's good to find that perfect technique that fits you, you know, based on, I guess, I guess you could say your build. I mean, for me, I'm five foot five. So obviously I'd, you know, have to find a style of myself for myself. And speaking of wrestlers who are still trying to find their style in the ring, I'm going to pass it over to Drake Lee. I
3: swear to God, if you say me, (laughs) I it it's all in good fun, Rick. I, it, people have said that we're a little off-putting in, in the past, so I, I want to make sure before I ask questions, if you're if I'm making you uncomfortable, please say so.
1: Uh-huh.
3: No, I mean, it ain't, ain't nothing that's going
1: to make me feel uncomfortable, I'll tell you that. You know, I got nothing to hide. Uh-huh.
3: <laughs> that's great. And, and, and real quick, before we get into the meat of it, just, for me, as, as someone who's just starting out, to see that, you know, you getting enshrined into the, to, to the Midwest Independent Wrestling Hall of Fame, easy for me to say. The question that I have and the generic one that everyone has is, is, is what goes through your mind? Because, you know, this isn't just us, you know, looking at it from an outside perspective. This is you going through, you know, years and decades of your career. And, and how did that payoff come about? How did that – who gave you the call? And and what was the moment that you realized, you know what, this, this is something, you know, to enshrine? Well,
1: actually, um, how I got the news was actually not through a call, but actually uh, from another member of the Midwest Independent Wrestling Hall of Fame uh, with Brian James. And, uh, you know, because we both work in American Championship Wrestling. So he wanted to, apparently it came to be that he wanted to meet about discussing some some things regarding, you know, inside the promotion. I'm like, okay, cool, you know, we'll meet up. You know, we met up at a pub, you know, had, you know, ordered food and everything else. And, and right in the middle of, of the talk, he, he dropped the news. And I'm like, you know, and, of course, I was pretty stunned and I was pretty astonished. And, uh, you know, and, you know, and honestly, I mean, there – Before and then, there were some guys that were coming up to me saying, you know, well, you deserve to be there. You deserve to be there. And um, what I will say is this. Um, There are actually other guys that have actually gone before me that have paid their dues. And, um, you know, and it's always nice. But what I kept telling everybody is that if I'm chosen, you know, then I'm definitely will be more than humble. And, um, uh, and that's what happened, you know, um, because there's a lot of guys that are out there, uh, that have not gotten the recognition they deserve. I mean, I'm, I'm very flattered. and I'm very uh, honored and humbled to be in this class, uh, especially with who's going in. Um, but yeah, I, I always say, you know, if I'm chosen, then it's meant to be, and I never push for it and no guy should really push for it. No guy should really push for recognition. All, all I got to say is this, um, if you're in this business, you just work on your craft and work on something that you know is going to get you over and keep a good work ethic. And even in my age and even the years that I've, been my, that I've been in this business, uh, you're never done paying your dues, okay? And that's why i want to tell everybody who's below me uh, in a younger generation, you're going to be paying dues until you decide to hang them up. And I'm, and I'm here to tell you that could be either, you know, with maybe helping out with the ring, helping out with any else the promotion needs. Because trust me, after a long night of action, you don't want to hang around, and especially if you want to meet up with your buds or anything else, or maybe meet up with some of the guys after the show, you don't want to hang around the venue. So get your act together, get yourself ready, and help out with the promotion getting out of the building so you can enjoy the rest of your night. And uh, you know, like I say, you're never gonna you're never gonna be done paying your dues. And um, but don't look at that as a bad thing. Look at that as you being a country, Look at, look at that as you contributing yourself to the to the business, to the promotion you're representing or who you're working for. And make sure you know that uh, that you're seen in a good light, because egos and attitudes will kill you quicker than you want. So that That's the best advice I can give on that
3: without a doubt and and that's that's very interesting and and just to hear you you know tenured and and the story just, you know you've you've done in your career to hear you you know you're still paying dues and there's still things that have to be done and i I completely agree you don't why would you go looking for you know recognition that's if you do that, we won't ever get there right so with that being said i I want to transition a little bit to what you're doing with Limetime Podcast Network, because this is interesting. I've watched um, a couple of the Falls Count Everywhere podcasts, and and they're really interesting. I take a lot away from them. What uh, was your kind of role in in becoming the host? Because I'm not as familiar with it as I should be. And for the fans and and viewers that don't know anything uh, yet about it or don't know a lot about it, um, what could you kind of share with us and what you guys are, are expecting in the next couple of months and down the road? Because this, I love this shirt. By the way, I, I'm all, I took a look at the Facebook page a little earlier, and I I uh, copy and pasted your shirt, so I remembered to buy one. Because that, that's a, I, I really like that.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So with the Lifetime Podcast Network, originally, um, I started doing radio shows all the way back in 2010. And if you want to go through Russell Talk, um, if you go to uh, I'm the, sorry, not Russell Talk. Excuse me, guys. Um, blog Talk. I should say, uh, blogtalkradio.com forward slash limetime. Uh, We had multiple shows on there, uh, mainly with uh, uh, some of our flagship shows were the Slam Zone Wrestle Recap, which is basically uh, hitting on the major promotions back then, which was WWE and TNA. Um, Then maybe some independents. And then the other one was a show called the RPW Rewind. And at the time, um, I was involved with Renegade Pro Wrestling that was based out of Metropolis, Illinois. Uh, me, I ran by Tojo Yamamoto Jr., uh, Danny Ice, and uh, and a few others um, that uh, basically got my interest into doing uh, some independence out of the area. And um, so I was actually uh, started with the Lime Time Radio Network. Um, and it's kind of interesting because I I was going to go back to it, Um, Because you know how 2020 has been hectic For a lot of people And I just got the itch I'm like I just can't sit here stagnant Because I need to get something going again And um, So So when I was So when Facebook um, Facebook Did not let me have control Of my lifetime radio network page again I was like okay We got to do something different So that's why I came up with the lifetime podcast network And then Eventually uh, my my attended, my intended purpose was to go with multiple shows like I did previously. But really I wanted to just focus on one and see how I w- wanted to go. And right now the Falls Count Everywhere podcast has really been the only show that we've done. And honestly, that's really only got time for is one. And I want to focus one one show a week on the on our special guest that we usually have. And just kind of put our time and energy into that because uh me and the other co-hosts uh, usually have other lives and other things to take care of. So, <laughs> but, but that's how the lifetime podcast network came about this year. Um, and, um, you know, like I said, as far as upcoming, I mean, we usually kind of get, get our uh, guests booked out, maybe about three weeks at a time in advance and then go from there. uh and, um, you know we we want to uh, keep doing it for as long as we possibly can, and uh, like I said, it's a Russell Talk podcast. I mean, gosh, I mean, over three hundred episodes um, is phenomenal. I mean, Renee's done a great job with it, um, and uh, and of course uh, Nightmare Jones, and now you and uh, Jeremy coming on uh, to carry on the banner and Hardcore Haas helping out, and then you know just keeping that going. I mean, it's just phenomenal what you guys are doing. And, um, yeah, I just, I mean, I'm going to do it for as long as I can. Um, but yeah, I mean, we just keep going until we decide that maybe, uh, we want to turn our attention to somewhere else. But right now we've got intentions on carrying out the banner for at least, you know, for as long as we want. And, uh, we're, we're looking forward uh, to see what the future holds for the uh, podcast because, um, we want to, we want to locate, we want to. Uh, showcase local talent, we, and that's what we basically do: is we we, we just showcase independents, and sometimes we'll bring on legends, and uh, we might even bring on some other uh, other uh, wrestling stars that are you know like TNA, you know maybe maybe from like Impact, maybe from ROH. Uh, that's been talked about uh, down the road, uh, but yeah, we're just looking forward to. Uh, I mean, it, it changes from week to week, and we let people know about it.
3: Absolutely. And thank you for the, for that about me and Jeremy, I appreciate that. And I just saw that you guys were having shaft on this week and that's, you know, that's another interview that hell, I'm going to listen to That's That's, that's going to be great. And um, this is, this is something I've, I've thought about too. And, and talking about, you know, Lime Time, I'm sure you've had this, this moment where, you know, interviewing somebody or ask or just talking with them, you know, and, and, you know, listening was there anything that you took away from an interview? And, and you know, Jeremy and I can have you know, hundreds of stories of this with us being so young. But with you being as experienced as you mm-hmm. are, was there any uh, interview or any moment to where you just your kind of perception on how you saw something in wrestling changed because of an interview? Or is that ha- or is that not happened? I, I'm just curious from a from an interviewee, you know, or an interviewer, you know, standpoint, I think that's interesting. Um, well, I mean, for a lot of the guys that I
1: have interviewed, um, and like I said, I would have to go through because I mean, I know that we've only done maybe we only got 25 in the back and, uh, we started, you know, last, last May. Um, but there's a lot to, you know, oh my goodness. I mean, there, there's just some, uh, some of the guys on here that, uh, that, you know, I mean, obviously, as far as you know took me back or whatever um you know- you know derek stone um you know i mean he's a great story you know cause he is man- you know mainly around the Kansas area i mean he lives in Colorado now um i mean he's just got some great insights and and great stories that you know uh that really
0: took you
1: know you know you know kind of uh you know took for that and then of course another one is uh Ricky cruz um with, with the experience that he's had and as far as with him retiring and then coming back to the business and then, you know, where places he's been, uh, you know, wrestling all over the country, even down to Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic. I mean, just a great story that Ricky Cruz has. I mean, to, to, to hear some of these guys uh, as far as their journeys in wrestling and what they've done uh, to, go, to go through what they did and to get to where they're at today, um, it's just real. It's just really entertaining, and just kind of put you at all at, you know, as far as like, you know, the the names that they've been with, and um, and then uh, how hard they worked. And for me, as a as a wrestler, and knowing what they've done to to uh, to work toward those goals, and uh, and how to pay their dues and all that, I mean, you just learn to appreciate that. And uh, it's just. You know, when you hear stories like that, I mean, it, it takes me back every time. As far as like, you know, what you know, with the guys, you know, the names who they work with, and how they continue to keep working to make the business better.
3: Without a doubt, without a doubt, and 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 that's that's I honestly feel the same way. Just to hear, you know, you talking with Jeremy, and and I always take something away from it. Um, and I know that we're kind of running short on time, and I, I apologize because a lot of times I ask questions that there's not a lot of them, but I try to get the most out of my I can, so I apologize for that on my end. But this is one thing that I wanted to ask you um, actually last week, and this is something that, you know, everyone that, that's a wrestler, or anyone that's, you know, aspiring to be one has thought of, and that's, you know, the first championship win. And does that change, you know, from being, you know, you know your first one to your 20th one does that did that feeling change did you you know is is it do you hold the the same mindset the same you know not responsibility really but the same pride with it or is it becoming you know where you just win so many you know that it kind of tapers off that's just that's something that's always kind of stuck with me is is what happens from the first one to the you know 30th one if you, if you're so lucky
0: yeah
1: well the thing is, is that when I, when I won my first, uh, championship, um, I've actually within my first, uh, within my first two years, i won three titles Oh actually I was handed one, but that's on the storyline. But when you win your first couple of major ones, um, you just kind of take back an all and you think like, man, this is like really cool. Um, and you kind of don't think about it at first, especially when the guy who's like 23, uh, 22 years old at the time. And, uh, you know, you think I'm like, hey, that's real cool. You know, I'm, you know, I'm hot shit. You know, you know, a guy in his early twenties thinking he's hot shit. Go figure that, right?
3: Um, <laughs> but I know nothing about um, that. Yeah, <laughs>
1: but um, but you know, as of recently, I mean, we can. I, I actually, I, I can't announce it now because they've actually showed uh, the episode this uh, recently on the WPW video page on Facebook with WPW Uprising that. um it shows that on the latest episode that aired uh that I have actually uh, won the WPW United States title. Uh so uh, yes, yeah, so I'm uh, so I'm their current US champion. And uh and what I take back from that is I mean, of course it's an honor. What I think of it now is it's an honor, especially at the guy at this stage of my career. And um and what I take from that is how can I represent the company better? You know, how can I make sure that um that I'm carrying you know that I carry the title or carry my character the way that they want you know um so it's all it's so it's all about you know how how you play yourself into the promotion and and uh and how you know how the booker kind of you know what, what the book what the booker wants from you okay and um you know and, and trust me I've seen I've been on all sides of the table uh, in roles of the wrestling you know from wrestler to even uh, sh- from a short time being a booker and a promoter um you want to make sure that you can have guys that you can depend on and the guys that's going to give you the best uh the best uh, represent uh, the represent, representation of your brand and uh so that's that's how I kind of think about it and uh, as far as like between when I first won and you know, even with my my most recent win, you know, earlier this month.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, just a little thank you for uh, for hitting Magnifico as hard as you did. I appreciate it. Um, that's just something that you know he and I got working on. But you know, it, I, I appreciate that. It made me feel so good because I'm not the biggest guy out there. But to see someone, you know, who you know, let's be honest, you could put me through the wall at any time. To do that, that it made me just so happy, and I, I can't thank you enough. But before um we before we get to uh, the game show challenge, which you know may or may not have a very charming challenger attached to it, you know, speaking of you know you of course, and then obviously I might be your challenger. But I have a question that I, it's kind of a a larger one, but a little bit of a word association, if you will, if, if that's okay. Mm-hmm. And that, the first sure, one yeah, is. Right first, Yeah, absolutely. The first one is Frank Reed.
1: Frank Reed. Um, If I had to sum it up, uh, thankful, because the guy is, uh, he was the one that did not have to take me in, but he took me in under uh, his promotion, and uh, if it wasn't for Frank Reed, you may not even have a Rick Ruby today.
3: Wow, that's incredible. That's awesome. The next one is Brutality, Inc., incorporated if you will
1: brutality incorporated um most recognized tag team i've been a part of uh, and um, the partner i've not really had close contact with but those were some days with myself and dangerous Derek davis and we've held multiple tag tag team championships together so
3: definitely definitely a fun era absolutely that's that's awesome mpw
1: mpw my gosh uh my second uh regular promotion that i've worked forever and um has some major success with them um just great guys great locker room great atmosphere and just, just an awesome promotion to be part of
3: absolutely well the rough cut diamond
1: the rough cut diamond love of my life um if it wasn't for her I probably would have stayed retired in 2009, and uh, it's good that wow. um, so, sometimes, uh, yeah, I did retire uh, for a short while, but then uh, she um, she ba- basically found each other when we needed in our points in our, in our lives, and actually kind of regener- rejuvenated my career, and uh, thank God for her.
3: Wow, that's, that's really incredible. What about wrestling at the chase?
1: If I had one era to go back to the wrestling, late 70s all the way to the early 80s, I would love being part of wrestling that to chase. Uh, being part with uh, Sam Unchnick, uh, the the brainchild of Sam Munchnick and a great promoter to wrestle for and being part of the St. Louis Wrestling Club. And
3: definitely an era I, I missed out on. Absolutely. And this is this is when I, I wanted to make sure we got in there 2020 Midwest independent wrestling hall of famer, Osiris.
1: Osiris. Um, great talent. Um, guy that was actually involved in my first match ever. Um, he was just phenomenal with his ring work. Um, definitely a guy that had gotten bad luck and gone too soon from us. And, uh, definitely, uh, someone who's very missed and, uh, and we'll definitely be uh, looking forward to his remembrance in the, in the, um, in the Midwest independent wrestling hall of fame. When we have the ceremony, great guy and definitely missed.
4: Absolutely.
1: What about the beast? The beast also a part of my first match, me and beast go way back and we still stay current. And the beast is actually one of the best workers all around the Midwest. Um, you know, he's well-traveled, Um you know, still uh, a guy that you could look up to, get advice from, and still will work your t- still can work circles around you. Um, def- definitely somebody that I'm uh, very uh, uh, very honored to have his kinship, and uh, definitely a great guy.
3: Awesome, and then one of the most recognizable venues in in pro wrestling in St. Louis, the South Broadway Athletic Club.
1: Um, legendary thankful uh that i got a chance to get in when i did in august of 2018 and uh looking forward to get things started back up in april and uh looking forward to being a part of history again in in the very historical building absolutely
3: and and butch fletcher
1: butch fletcher um one of the greatest managers i've seen when i first got in and carried himself well um he really, a man who really knows the business inside and out, from from a from a spectator's point of view, to going inside the business and just viewing inside and outside of the ring, uh, just to, uh, really a, a class act.
3: Absolutely, and then two more for you. The, the second, to last one is the Lime Time Network.
1: Oh, if I didn't have that brainchild, I don't know what I'd do. But I'm glad that. Uh, <laughs> um. I'm glad that we're able. I'm able to put on shows, and uh, definitely happy that uh, that we've got more to come, and uh, definitely got a lot bigger things planned.
3: Absolutely, and then the last one, Mr. GQ, Matthew Wayne Skyler, the third.
1: Oh, the guy that I can banter with and uh, give hell <laughs> week to week. I uh, wouldn't wouldn't find a better partner uh, anywhere because if I if I had to do a show with anybody else. It'd be hard to make fun of anybody else like you do, Mr. GQ. So, (laughs) so he's, yeah, he's definitely, uh, definitely a a great bantering partner. I mean, we're not exactly Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby
3: the Brain Heenan, but
1: uh, we'll 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 take a C grade of of that duo any day.
3: Well, hell, that's a C grade of that duo is an A plus for any other duo, really. I mean, (laughs) that's
1: just. Amen. You
3: know. The, you know that was that was fun, Jeremy. I know we got the game show challenge coming up, and and the the friendly pleasantries have to go away for a little bit, I guess, because you know we got a challenge. But I had some fun playing word association. So thank you so much, Mr. Ruby. Absolutely. Well, that
2: Jeremy, was a blast are you ready? hearing it? That's for sure. I am. Absolutely. I'm ready, Drake. The question is, are you ready?
3: I don't know. Did you send uh, Mr. Ruby the answers already?
2: I have never sent anybody the answers. I send them a disclaimer though that says uh, where Hulk Hogan was from because somebody doesn't know.
3: Do you like first of all, did you kiss your mom with that mouse? That's just awful to say to somebody. You know, that was a genuine answer. That was a genuine answer and I'm taking that personally. I'm going to go to bed tonight thinking of the comment that you just made and I'm going to wake up thinking the same thing. I was I was doing intensive research on where Hulk Hogan was from and we still don't know
2: yeah well <laughs> anyway I, uh, you know what forget, it. forget the banter alright I know everybody's ready for this one I'm ready I know you both are ready Hardcore Hoss get ready for the music because it is time for the WrestleTalk Podcast Game Show Challenge <laughs> All right, gentlemen and ladies, who listening, welcome to this week's installment of the world famous Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge. Tonight's contest is scheduled for the best two out of three falls. Now, our contestants are the thoroughbred of lust, Drake Lee, and the 2020 Midwest Independent Wrestling Hall of Fame inductee, Ralph Cutt, Rick Ruby. Now, in a few moments, I will ask you both three questions about a particular professional wrestling topic. Whenever you think you know the answer to the question, Shout out your answer. The first person to win two out of the free falls will win the challenge. Now, as far as what the topic tonight is, since both of you have such great wrestling monikers, tonight's Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge category is Professional Wrestling Nicknames. I will give three nicknames of three legendary professional wrestlers, and when you think you know the answer of who I'm talking about, just shout it out. All right, Drake, are you ready?
3: I will be a gentleman and let our guest answer first.
1: Rick, are you ready?
3: <laughs>
1: yes, I am ready. All right,
3: All right Drake, Jeremy, are you ready? I homie? am ready. Yes, sir. want.
0: right. Let's get it on. old man.
2: Nice. Beautiful. righty. Question number one. The Great One, The Most, Rock, The elect- Rock, The Rock is correct. That was a quickie. This one, yep, Alrighty, righty, one nothing. Okay, question number two, The Chosen One, The King of the Mountain. Ta-ta. And Jeff Jarrett is correct. All Things right. are picking up now. Ooh. Oh, okay. This one's going to come down to the wire. Here we go, if folks. If it's Hogan, I quit. It is not Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Gosh, well, I sure wish it was. All righty. Question number three. The Avenger. The Rocket. Oh. The Blackheart. Yep. Oh, there it is. Owen Hart is correct. DJ DJ Kiley. Kiley. Hey. Yeah. We
0: were born. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Got money on my mind, I can never get enough. And every time I step up in the building, everybody hands go up. And they
3: say there. For the first time ever. That? For the first time ever, I will say that I was probably beaten fair
2: and square. You know, this is the thing. I I was worried about that. I like, I swear that I was saying to myself, if Drake complained about this one, there there's no hope for you. There was but no complaining. That was too quick, way. Rick. <laughs> that was too quick. That was, <laughs> that was-
3: I didn't say all the way, but, yeah, no, it was too quick. It was too quick to have be cheating. That was that was
2: impressive. <laughs> it was, yeah, absolutely. Well, congratulations, Rick Ruby, on winning the WrestleTalk Podcast Game Show Challenge. Yeah, it's my experience being old and
1: experienced. Yeah, I'm an old man one. <laughs> <laughs>
0: old,
2: old school is cool, man. Didn't you know?
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's
3: awesome this has been great this what a great show jeremy
2: this has been outstanding and rick i i, I want to thank you so much for being on but before we let you go we, we, i gotta ask you where can we find you on social media and the web the audience has to know
1: all right well basically you can face right now it's uh mainly facebook um, if you're looking for me personally, uh, Rough Cut Rick Ruby on Facebook is where you can find uh, where I'll be posting my events or, or my appearances for shows. Um, and as far as with the podcast is, is concerned, you can look for Limetime Podcast Network on Facebook. And also, we uh, stream every Thursday night, or, uh, starting at 8 o'clock, um, from Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Um, look for us on Facebook and, you, and, Facebook and Twitch at Limetime Podcast Network YouTube at Limetime Podcast And um, looking forward to uh, in a couple nights We will have the one and only Shaft uh, as our featured guest And of course me and GQ um, will be hosting that as well And guys also, um, one thing I wanted to just address real quick um, A gentleman who mainly wrestled around the Illinois area uh, and then, of course, the surrounding states. Uh, we ra- recently just lost a great individual uh, in the Mississippi Madman who recently passed away at the age of 46 last night. So my my uh, thoughts and, and prayers go out to the family. Uh, we will uh, be doing a, a little bit of a salute and talking about the Mississippi Madman at the beginning of our show in a couple of nights. But rest in peace, Don Jackson, the Mississippi Madman. And... uh he will be missed
3: without a doubt. Phenomenal Indeed. talent, absolutely and loved by many, by everyone. From, from social media is, blown, is is was just lit up. You know, he was awesome.
1: Yes,
2: he was without a doubt. Well, Rick, I want to thank you so much for being on tonight. As always, it is such a great pleasure to have you with the Russell Tall Podcast.
1: All right. Thank you very much, guys. It was a pleasure being on. It was definitely a lot of fun and uh, hopefully see you mm-hmm. down the road, man. Hey, I think we're all in the same, in the same Louis area, right?
2: Yep. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Sure we, got, sure. we got to get together or something, or if we don't get together soon, you can always catch me April 24th in St. Clair, Missouri at the uh, Elks lodge uh, for American championship wrestling. We will be starting up there again. And, um, uh, yeah, and uh, probably we'll have some other shows coming up here soon. So, yeah, but stay in touch, man, and uh, we'll definitely we'll have some fun.
3: Absolutely, absolutely. Look forward to it. Sounds
2: like a plan. Okay. All
3: right, guys. Can't wait. Again, I, man. I'll definitely be sending you a message. Yeah, no. Thank yeah. you, Mister Ruby. Be well and have a wonderful guys, night. Have a good night. Thank you. Thank you. You know, you know, Jeremy, I, I, I lost for the first time.
2: Uh-huh. Well, first time, more than one time, you know, who's counting? But you, uh, you well, did you know, lose tonight, but, man. What a great show. It was close, I mean, though. It, you, you took him to the wire. You took him to the limit, Drake. I mean, it, it came down to the final question. I did. I,
3: I went up early and just petered out like a Viagra, you know? So, you know, <laughs> it happens. But, and that joke was it, it and a and a lot better than the joke we heard a couple of weeks ago. Anyway, I just wanted to say, Jeremy, really quick, I want to thank our sponsors before the end of the show. If that's okay with you, I know that you're the big boss man now. You and Renee, you're tight. I get it. I'm on the other side of the fence, I guess you could say, or train tracks. But let's talk about everything combat with Jay Hollywood and UFC Hall of Famer Pat Milichich, Royal Mills Transportation, eSports Bar, Kansas City, Kincaid, Painter's Dream Productions, and I-70 Sports Media. There are great sponsors that make this show happen. We couldn't do it without them, and they, they have great products,
2: each and every one of them. Absolutely, and we, couldn't, we also couldn't do this show without the lovely listeners that tune in every week. Thank you all so much, whether you were tuning in on the live feed, the Blog Talk feed. Remember, the blogtalkradio.com feed does cut out at 9 p.m., but we are always on Facebook Live, and the show always will go on. And of course, are we on
3: Facebook Live now? Did
2: you figure it out? Yeah, we've been on Facebook Live all night, Dre. Don't worry. Oh, and a couple pauses say, in there, but we. They better not have been going? saying mean things
3: about me. I'm just telling you.
2: I, I know. I can't control what they're saying about you, unfortunately.
3: Oh, my team. Um, just Renee, handed me Renee's a piece not of one paper. for
2: censorship.
3: My team just handed me a piece of paper with all the. There's Renee telling an answer. Okay, right there. Owen Hart, six minutes ago. I got that printed off. Um, Okay. Okay. It's okay. It's okay. Fuck and bullshit! Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That was against you. Okay. Oh. I don't know what to ask, but I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Well, it's been fun, Jeremy. It's been a great show to hear cowboy Bob Orton talk uh, talk about his history and and all that he's done is just phenomenal here, Rick Ruby, uh, just a a great individual and a a great, a great wrestler. So I've enjoyed this. I'm glad I could be back from my laryngitis. I, you know, I didn't, you know, I don't have it now. Thank God. My voice is scratchy. I need a couple of beers and wine and maybe a, I don't know, a seltzer or something to top it off. I don't know.
2: (laughs) Well, honestly, in all, In all seriousness, Drake, it is great to have you back. I'm glad you're back on. Your laryngitis is is gone. And I mean, with all the drinks you have in your vast cellar at your mansion, I mean, I'm sure you'll be held over quite well.
3: Without a doubt. That's fair to say. That's very fair to say.
2: (laughs) All right. Well, I thank you so much for being on, Drake. I want to thank Everybody for tuning in tonight, I mean, this has been an amazing show. Hall of Fame Row on, it kept going. I mean, like I said, the past few weeks we've had Midwest Independent Wrestling Hall of Famers. It was great tonight, thanks to Cowboy Bob Orton and Rick Ruby, Rough Cut Rick Ruby. I mean, this was great. Just like the show's title, this was the shiznit. And Absolutely. Well, thank you all, and have a wonderful night. See you, guys.
6: Perp with a chicken or breakfast If you ain't a hustler, you might not get this Eyes wide open, even though we sleepin'. Have to get up in your face, you know creepin', But you gotta be from my town just to know that All brand new, no need for a throwback That's where you're from, but don't be dumb Didn't even know it, but they said that I won I will keep grinding, no rewind with a slice like it's one big assignment young max saga hotter than lava never tripping on them haters cause they ain't not up top was a hustle i swear i'm just like them girl put your titties in my face that's why i like them hate big heads but i love big faces my name is victorious so i already take it up